0: We're going to get right into the sermon this morning, and we're finishing up the sermon series we entitled, Why Church? As we've been making a case for church, realizing that we are in a culture that is perhaps not as friendly to church, and maybe doesn't see the church as as relevant as uh, maybe 20 years ago or 30 years ago, Um, and we realize this as the church, and the church needs to answer the question, why church, and to identify what is our uniqueness as a church. It's important for us to see this morning as we tackle the topic related to why church um, and we we start talking about the care that we're called to give to individuals and we need to understand that the church is not simply an an altruistic uh, institution in, in that we see our selflessness and our beliefs and actions that we make toward others and their well-being um, as all that we are about. The, the call that we have is different. The charge that we have is different than, than, than a charge to merely care for others. And there's a context in that care that the church needs to fully understand. And it's about understanding who we are and whose we are and what we have to give beyond our own ability. You know, I read a funny a story this past week about a, a, a politician who had given a, a, a speech that went over very well in this convention center where he was asked to speak. And uh, at the end of that speech, he got a standing ovation. He was feeling pretty good. And as he and his wife got in the limousine and were on their way back to the, uh, to the hotel, uh, this congressman said, um, you know, honey, there's just really not a lot of really great individuals in the world anymore and she looked at him and she said honey you're right and there's one less than you think there is. <laughs> it's important to know who we are and it's important to know that, that, that the care that we give is not simply coming from um, who we are as individuals but whose we are as individuals. I hope I make that point clear as this sermon commences. I want us to turn to one of the final books in the Bible, which is the letter of John, the first letter of John, the epistle of John. And John writes to us about love. And and one of the unique and enduring aspects of this book is that throughout this letter, the author refers to us as little children. That's interesting. And knowing that those who are reading this book and, and those who are hearing this book are not little children but adults and still the author says little children. Perhaps that means that he's an, an older person, maybe a grandfather type and he sees uh, the other adults in the church as little children. Or maybe he is, is, is appealing to the audience in the same way that would express the sentiments of God. that We are all God's little children. This first letter was not written by the Gospel writer or the Apostle uh, John but rather was written about a hundred years about a hundred AD so many years after the Apostle would have died and yet it captures a, a pastoral sense of appeal to the congregation and in this pastoral sense this letter is talking to little children about who you are and whose you are And especially the love that we are called to give in the name of our God. I want to give you just a few little excerpts from portions of uh, the first epistle of John. From the second chapter, the first verse, we read this. My little children, I'm writing these things to you that you may not sin. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ. righteous. What a great promise. And then in the second chapter, the 28th verse, and now little children, abide in him so that when he is revealed we may have confidence and not be put to shame before him at his coming. And then in the third chapter of 1 John, the 18th verse, little children, let us love not in word or speech but in truth and action. I'd like for us to turn in our Bibles this morning to the back of the Bible, the back of the, uh, the New Testament of the Bible to First John. We're going to begin reading in 1 John with the first verse of the third chapter. Please stand with me for the reading of the word. Verse 1, chapter 3. See what love the Father has given us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now. What we will be has not yet been revealed. What we do know is this. When He is revealed, we will be like Him, for we will see Him as He is. And all who have this hope in Him Purify themselves just as Christ is pure. Everyone who commits sin is guilty of lawlessness. Sin is lawlessness. You know that he was revealed to take away sins. And in him there is no sin. No one who abides in him sins. No one who sins has either seen him or known him. Little children... Let no one deceive you. Everyone who does what is right is righteous, just as he is righteous. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. You know, I want to say a word about the music ministry of this church to begin this sermon. I caught myself saying to someone, Jimmy, this past week that we are coming to that time in this season where music really drives the season of Advent and Christmas. And then I thought, is there ever a season that music doesn't drive worship here at Lover's Lane? We are so thankful and so blessed by really wonderful, wonderful music. And this morning was just one more example. Now last Sunday, our kids sing choir, sang in the modern worship services. Of course, I was preaching in traditional while they were singing. And I start getting these video uh, uh, videos sent to me by parent types and grandparent types who were watching their children sing and wanted to make sure the pastor didn't miss it. And it was truly amazing. You, you know, I, I, I love that kids sing choir, uh, for several reasons. Not only do they sound fantastic, thanks to Emily Fry, uh, but they also, they look so wonderful. And, and, and we know that they have these stories that, that, that speak to us as they're singing to us. We, we know some of those stories. We know some of those kiddos came out of of refugee situations or immigrant situations and yet they're all part of us here, part of the children's ministry here. I think they had a big 120 or 30 kids having Thanksgiving uh, dinner uh, today and what a wonderful time to bring everybody together. We are thankful for what our kids sing teaches us. Not only in the words like they were singing last Sunday, a rendition of This Little Light of Mine, but they teach us about the way they love one another in the midst of their diversity. You know, I love our sign choir that brings, um, brings song to sign. And I love our Zimbabwean ensemble and our Heart of Africa ensembles that bring such spirit to music around here. And I love our modern worship band, and the way they play and they sing that draws us closer to Christ, even draws them closer to Christ. And some of their testimonies of faith are truly amazing. So we learn what it means to be little children. We, we learn it in our, our music. We learn it from our choirs. We learn that, that we are a people who are drawn together, not by our own desires, but by, by a strong force of Christ in us, the very image of God. I, 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 heard about a, a child in Sunday school who was um, making a, a little a little clay figure with some play type substance but unlike play this particular substance didn't dry out if you didn't put the lid on it so uh, the the children were having a ball and they were making all kinds of different little images and one little girl she made this character that had wings and she held it up and she said do you know what this is And, of course, in unison, nearly, the children said, Yes, it's an angel. And then she took that angel and she she started making it into just, you know, a ball. And she held it up and she said, Now what do I have? And one little boy said, Well, it looks like a ball. And she said, No, it's a hiding angel. You know, what a lesson in that. For each and every one of us, there is a hiding aspect of God and Christ in us that that loves a world in need and individuals of this world that we are called to care for. You know, I love this, this passage that we just read, this particular verse. See what love the Father has given us that we should be called children of God. You know, I think it's so important that if we, the church, are called to care for individuals, to love individuals, as John instructs us throughout that epistle, that we know that we are created in the image of God and that God longs to adopt us as his sons and daughters. You know, I think it's important for us to understand that sense of who we are as adopted by God in Christ. Every person made in the image of God, this means that there's something of the very essence of God that is part of who we are. And as 1 John says so very clearly and poignantly over and over, it's the love of God in you. God is love. And that's that image that is in us, that we were created in God's image of love. And every Christian is called to be adopted by God. But God does not force that adoption on us, but offers that adoption to us. And so we we have scripture texts that, that underscore that aspect of adoption. Coming out of Romans, God sent forth his son to redeem those under the law so that we might receive adoption as sons and daughters of God. And in a similar sense, God has always loved us and cared for us. You know, in infant baptism, we underscore that first love of God, that initiation of our adoption by God, that God claims us as his children. And yet we also say in that uh, 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 liturgy of baptism that, that, that we will love and nurture this child, we will care for this individual until he or she Can claim for herself or himself what it means to be adopted as a child of God I love baptism and what it means and I love that sense of of choice that we have in choosing to be the, the child of a God who's already said to us I want to adopt you as my son as my daughter remember what we can become is also important. That being a child of God and understanding that's one thing, also knowing that we are becoming more in keeping with who God intends for us to be is a very important aspect of what this Christian care and love is all about. We just read, Beloved, we are God's children now. It does not yet appear what we shall be, But we know that when he, that is Christ, appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. This means that we live in intimate fellowship with Christ as we worship, as we fellowship, as we serve with other Christians, as we reach out in service to others, as we we work for justice and mercy in a world that's so in need of justice and mercy. And then we gradually and increasingly come to resemble the Lord. And the hope is that we grow into likeness. We United Methodists and Wesleyans talk a lot about growing toward perfection. And that's all about God's love working through us, in us and through us, to reach out to others in need. A pastor friend of mine who's now retired, Bill Baulknight, he told a story in a sermon that I love about a professor of his named Dr. Bob Stamps. He said Dr. Stamps was was bald even when he was a younger man and and in one night he and his wife went out to dinner and they'd left their two children with the babysitter and the babysitter had gotten interested in a movie and she'd let the kids kind of do whatever they were going to do and and she didn't pay a lot of attention to them. And then when um, the stamps came home and little Peter Andrew, their, their five-year-old, came out, it was apparent that he'd found his father's electric razor. And he had stripped a, a clean strip right down the center of his head, kind of a reverse mohawk. You got the image? And his father said... Peter Andrew, I have told you not to play with my shaver and began to scold him and to also express a little frustration with the babysitter and where was she in the midst of all that? And he was going on and on to Peter Andrew and Peter said, well, Dad, wait till you see my sister. (laughs) And when the little girl came out, she was completely shaved. It's not clear whether Peter Andrew did the shaving or she did it herself. But her father just, uh, he was really, really upset and trying not to scold him too harshly, but he was so upset until finally Peter Andrew, looking with, to his father with tears in his eyes, he said, Dad, we were just trying to both look like you. <laughs> now what do you say to that? What do you say to that? Balknight reports that Dr. Stamps reported that he could only follow a statement like that with a hug and a little more parental explanation. But it's not just about that outward physical image. Those children wanted to look like their dad because they knew their dad's love. And the mimicking of his outward appearance was only part of what they loved about their dad and the way he loved them. You know, that's, that's what it means to be a, one of the little children that John is talking about. We know that God is working within us to bring about a Christ-likeness in us so that we love not like we love, but like Christ loves. And that love comes out through us. You know, Saturday, yesterday... I was looking for a long sleeve casual shirt to put on and one of my favorites came to mind. Now, do you have a favorite shirt? You know, you're you're not having to dress up, you just want to be comfortable and and I I just drew on this favorite shirt of mine. It's a fishing shirt actually. And not only is it a fishing shirt in that you wear it to fish in and it was made for that purpose, but this particular fishing shirt had a an embroidered um, uh, emblem on over the right pocket, and it was a, a picture of a brown trout, and above the brown trout said Kaiser Classic, and underneath uh, the shirt that that logo was Soul Man, which I guess was my name. To the ones who wear these shirts, it's our. Brothers in Christ group that's been together for the better part of 18 or 19 years. And, and yesterday, I remembered as I put that shirt on, it just kind of struck me again about why that Kaiser Classic logo even exists. I remembered the fishing trip that gave rise to the shirts. And I remember particularly after the fishing trip how we were all sitting out on a porch overlooking the White River in Arkansas. It was about a uh, 300-foot drop to the river from this perch where we all were on this back porch after a great day of fishing and after a great meal. We as a men's small group were just sharing about our faith. And I remember one in our group shared how the Lord had brought him closer in relationship with Jesus through the birth of of their special son. And and this son spent the better part of two months in ICU right after his birth. And he talked about how meaningful it was, the care that he and, and his wife received. He talked not only about clergy visits, especially Dudley dancers, but he talked about how other members of the group and friends came by to see their son and to pray with them. Now that son's a a teenager. There was another member in the group that, as this one was sharing about his son, he singled this man out, Stephen, and, and, and said, you know, Stephen, you've been involved in our Nightlights ministry at Lover's Lane before we even called it Nightlights, Lights. And, and you've been really special to our son. You know, the little boy loves Mr. Steve, as he calls him. And Mr. Steve would go to Night Lights on Friday nights and be with this child for years and years and years, caring and loving him. And no wonder Mr. Steve had a special place in this little boy's heart. But as re- I recall the sharing went on and somebody pushed Mr. Steve just a little bit harder and said, you know, how did you get so interested in helping um, children with special needs? And he recalled that as, when he was in high school that one of um, their teachers had a special needs son. And they had a class where they were supposed to be involved in some kind of Christian service. And what he chose to do was to spend um, an hour or so a week with this boy who was severely challenged physically and mentally. And you know, as he, he went home he said, you know, the funny thing about it, when the class was over, I just... I just kept going because there was something about my love for him that he responded to and it, it, it did something to me as well. And As I recall, we started kind of reflecting along the lines of, of where this sermon is going about how that, that's Christ's love coming out in us and how, how it makes us feel when we're able to be Christ's love for another. What a beautiful time. And then just a few weeks later John Kaiser who was part of that discussion he died quite suddenly and it was such a a a blow to our group not to mention his family. And I remembered as I wore that shirt yesterday uh, that, that shirt the Kaiser Classic we named that that fishing event after him. And I remembered how much of an impact it made on this pastor to see the members of that group caring for his family and the individual love and care that was shared in such a way that made such a huge difference. And then a few months later, David McLaurin, who was also part of that small group of men, he also died suddenly. And that same group of men I saw and witnessed that individual care that was coming from somewhere beyond them, which could only be described as the love of our Lord Jesus. You know, we may not be perfect resemblances of Christ, but we are called to allow that perfect love of Christ to draw us into a more Christ-like look and action we're called to remember that that our God is one who has initiated adopting us and that we are his own we need to remember that when we choose to be um, Christ's own that we are remolded and we're remade into the very image of our Lord The love, the care that we are are to be about is a love and care that is beyond us and the love for which we must be thankful. We don't boast about being great. We we are thankful for being Christ's. Now today, one little act that many of you might choose is to pick up one of these prayer shawls and take one of these prayer shawls to someone in need as your act of Christian love. As we go through this week of Thanksgiving, let us be thankful for the God who calls us into service, into individual care and love of others. Amen.